Are you a mom launching kids into adulthood? If so, you need to know about my Empty Nest Mom Retreat. It is the gathering for moms who have at least one child over the age of 18 or who have launched them all and have a full empty nest. September 27th through the 29th are the dates, and Cedar Lake Retreat Center in Cedar Lake, Indiana is the place. You can fly into Chicago airports and drive to Cedar Lake in a little over an hour. Come join me. Best Value Registration is available through May 27th, and space is limited to just 100 moms, so don't delay. Check out jillsavage.org slash retreat to register today. They just don't stop doing their job. They don't stop doing what God has called them to do to bring about life. And I love that because in parenting, in teaching, I can keep doing whatever God has called me to do to the people around me, even if I'm opposed, even if I feel there's hostile forces trying to silence me. I'll just keep going and trusting God that He will look after me and God will make a way. Welcome to the No More Perfect Podcast, where we talk about the messy, less than perfect, but real stuff of life. My name's Jill Savage, and I'll be your host. I'm so glad you're here. Well, hello, friends, and welcome back to the No More Perfect Podcast. You know, reading the Bible is an important part of our journey as Christians. And if you've been listening to the podcast and you're not quite sure what you believe about God, reading the Bible is one of the most important things that you can do to get to know God. We can learn so much from reading God's Word, but sometimes we don't know how to pull out those lessons that apply to us. And today's podcast episode will help you do just that. My guest is Dr. Marina Hoffman. Dr. Marina Hoffman is a Bible and theology professor at Palm Beach Atlantic University. Her book and free video series, Women in the Bible, Small Group Bible Study, help us to understand how God has worked in the lives of women in the Bible so we can better understand how He can work in our lives as well. So I'm excited about this conversation. Welcome to the No More Perfect Podcast, Dr. Hoffman. Thank you so much, Jill. I'm so glad to be here and to talk about these stories and to encourage your listeners today with all the lessons they'll tell us. Absolutely. You know what? I don't know about you, but for me, I have to kind of live out what I'm learning And then I realize, oh, I've got to share this. So uh, tell us why it is that you've had a personal interest in women in the Bible. Well, it started very simply when I was in academics, getting earning my degree. And I thought, well, these stories aren't so well known. At least I don't hear stories of women often preached about in church. So I had a general interest. But Jill, as I dove into these stories, I realized they were so rich. They had so much to teach me about leadership and challenges and courage and even brokenness. So it put me on a track, I think, for life of just being interested in their story, growing in knowledge, and then giving their stories a voice so other women too and men could be encouraged by their stories. Absolutely. So I'm curious, is there a story, um, you know, we all go through challenges, we all go through hard seasons. Is there a story that has personally helped you overcome a challenge? 
Yes, Jill, I start my study with the story of Hagar. And so many times we read the story of Abraham and Sarah, but a little bit in their shadow is a story about a young woman who gets pregnant and then goes on the run. And here we find her in the wilderness. And for her, that's not a safe place. Wild animals, she doesn't seem to have proper provision, caravans going by. She is in a life and death desperate situation. And what happens? She encounters God in that moment in an incredible way. And it doesn't remove her suffering. But she knows that God sees her, that God knows her struggle, that God is there with her. And when she goes back and continues to face challenges, she goes back, I believe, a different person. She has a promise. She has a hope. And she knows her future is now in God's hands. Mm. You know what? That's so um, interesting that you started with Hagar because uh, just this weekend, our granddaughter was staying with us and uh, she had some Bible homework for school. She goes to a Christian school and one of her things. So we, I sat down and just read with her. And, and one of the, the stories that we read was the story of Hagar. And I was telling her how important this is for us that we, even when we make mistakes, that you know, oftentimes the world would say, then God doesn't want anything to do with us. And that is not what God's word tells us, right? He says, no, God was with her. He was talking with her. He was caring for her. Such a powerful story for our lives. Yeah, and she is so esteemed in scripture. There's only one person in the Old Testament that actually creates and gives God a name. And that's Hagar. Hagar really? gives God a name that the God who has seen her. It's beautiful. You know, we know of God's name through Moses, right? But Moses says, the Lord says to Moses, tell the people my name. But here Hagar creates him. So what a beautiful reality that as you're saying, sometimes it's not the famous people that we know, the strong leaders, but God's eye is on every person, even those who are at the lowest point and really struggling. Hmm. I would agree. I would agree. You know, we all need courage. We all need faith. We all need perseverance. Can you give um, an example of courage uh, among women of the Bible that we could better understand and then be able to tap into to bolster our own courage? Yes, Jill, I really see courage in every story of women in the Bible. But one that I love to talk about because it's not too well known is the story of the midwives. Again, maybe we've heard of Moses. Maybe we've heard of the parting of the sea and the plagues. But how many of us know how that book starts? It starts with the story of two midwives. And they're just doing their daily job, bringing babies into the world, looking after mom and baby, making sure everyone's healthy. And their whole world changes in a moment when the king asks them to kill any baby that's born a boy. So I think, Joe, we can really resonate with the whole world changing so much and feeling challenged and facing rules and instructions that go against what we believe is right. I can certainly resonate with that. So what did these midwives do? They find a creative way to defy the king and they do not kill the baby boys. And as a result, they save a whole generation. And I love, Jill, that it's so courageous, and yet it's also so simple. They just Mm. don't stop doing their job. They don't stop doing what God has called them to do to bring about life. And I love that because 
you know, in parenting and teaching, I can keep doing whatever God has called me to do to the people around me, even if I'm opposed, even if I feel there's hostile forces trying to silence me, I'll just keep going and trusting God that he will look after me and God will make a way. Mm. So, um, you know, I, I think we underestimate how much we need courage, even in relational things. Like, Sometimes we need courage to have a conversation with our spouse. Sometimes we need courage to have a, a conversation with our teen. Um, you know, sometimes courage is needed in some of the even what I would say in micro ways, not even macro parts of life, but very micro parts of life um, where we are struggling to figure out what needs to happen. And then we realize, oh, wait a minute, this is just going to take some courage on my part. Uh, wouldn't you agree? Yes, for sure. I I only have a three-year-old. I don't have a teen yet, but already just the courage to wake up every day and to be Christ-like, to exemplify mm -hmm. Jesus in all my actions, to be patient all the time. It's a part of my daily life and it's a constant challenge. And again, how beautiful to know that God helps us, whether we're trying to be courageous in a huge way or whether it's just the day-to-day, -day, the ordinary decisions. And I think also, Jill, we can sometimes underestimate how many people are watching us and yes. the difference we're making. How did those midwives know that just one of many little boys they saved would be Moses? They could have no idea. How would they know that thousands of years later, Jill, you and I would be talking about their story and being encouraged by their willingness to do the right thing and their courage to do it no matter, even if their life was at stake because of their decision. Wow. Yeah. So powerful. Okay. So another uh, female that's in the Bible is Hannah. And, um, Hannah, there are so many lessons to pull from Hannah, but let's talk about Hannah. Talk a little bit. Maybe somebody listening doesn't even know the story of Hannah. Talk a little bit about Hannah and then what can we understand from her life? Well, I'm glad you raised the story of Hannah because she's one of my most favorite women in scripture. I chose mm. her because she is just, her story is close to my heart because it's so much like my own. And I'll even say my little three-year-old's middle name is Hannah. So that tells you how much she means to me. And oh. here we have a woman who cannot have a child. And we read over and over in the opening verses of her story that her rival wife, the second wife of her husband, has many children, sons and daughters and many, and they seem everywhere. And can you imagine the pain, not only of suffering with infertility, but being surrounded by another woman's ch children? Very hard. Right. And there's a sense of isolation and struggle. And again, I struggle with infertility. So it's another story that I resonated with so powerfully. And I thought, what does Hannah do that I can learn from? And when we look at our situation, I think three principles I pull out from my life. One, she's willing to give her pain to God. She doesn't hide her. Her prayer is so authentic and you can hear her raw emotions, just literally begging God to intervene. And for me, that was so affirming because that was me begging God day after day. God, please like heal my body. Do this for me. And then she prays. So again, giving the situation to God, being honest, giving our pain to God, praying. And then there's this incredible verse where after she prays, she gets up, 
goes on her way, eats, and her face is no longer downcast. And I don't think that's a simple verse to say she prayed and was no longer depressed. Of course, her situation didn't change. She was still dealing with suffering. But while dealing with sorrow and suffering, she is able to trust God and hold her head up high. And that to me was an image I remembered many times every day. And Jill unbelievably, like Hannah's story, God gave me a child as well. But it was a long road and it was hard. And I think I learned a great deal in my effort to hold my head up high and to trust God. Mm, I love that. Yes. Yes. Such a reminder. And I, I love what you said right there at first. She gives her pain to God and uh, she cries out to him. She doesn't, she doesn't hold it back. And he can handle that and that and and we need to learn how to do that. So very important. Go yeah, ahead. and I think there's even a sense of healing for us when we're able to be honest and how wonderful when we have someone, right? A wonderful spouse, a wonderful friend, maybe a sister. But Hannah was very alone and yet she wasn't completely alone because in that isolation and struggle, and if some of your listeners know the story, there's even a priest there. And instead of connecting and encouraging her, he accuses her of being drunk and babbling. So just that sense where she is utterly alone, even though a priest could have been there to minister to her. And yet she's not alone because she can give this pain to God and feel this sense of comfort from the Lord. So how beautiful, again, no matter what our struggle and how isolated we feel. God is always with us, always listening. And as you say, Jill, he can handle our emotion and he knows our heart anyways. He does. And, you know, that that part there where the priest was there and he didn't comfort her. I think there's a there's a sub story there. There's a sub lesson there that sometimes the church will disappoint us. And, you know, that priest kind of represents the church. Right. And we've probably all had place times where something was difficult in our life and the church the interaction of the church, the lack of response of the church disappoints us. And we can look to the story of Hannah and we can say, you know what? Even when the church disappoints, because the church is made up of imperfect people. So even with the church disappoints, God is there. Yeah. And I think The whole theme that Hannah establishes at this point in the Bible is also right along those lines, because as we see in the generations that follow so often, the people of Israel look to the king for leadership or they blame others. This is the way society is going. Maybe there's no prophet in my lifetime to save us. But Hannah teaches the lesson right from the beginning of this history of Israel into the kingship that you need to take responsibility for your own relationship with God. And Sometimes we see that as a New Testament theme, but it's Mm -hmm. right there in Old Testament at the beginning. And what a different history we might have if Israel had looked to Hannah as an example and say, like Hannah, we'll bring our suffering, we'll bring our challenges to God, pray and trust the Lord instead of relying on a priest or a prophet. Today, we could say a pastor. Yes, yes. Okay, so we've talked about three Old Testament women in the Bible. Let's move to New Testament. And for those that are listening and and you really don't know the difference between Old Testament and New Testament, bottom line, Old Testament is before Jesus. New Testament is after Jesus. Okay. And so um, the, you know, one of the 
first stories in the New Testament is going to be the story of Mary. And, you know, we hear about Mary and especially as we, you know, go into the holidays and we're, you know, talking about Christmas and the birth story. But and oftentimes we don't think about how the um, how Mary's story applies to us and what we can learn from her. So, Marina, talk about Mary. Yes, Mary is the mother of Jesus. I love that you bring up the point she starts off the New Testament because so often in scripture, over and over many times, if not most or almost all, women are there at the beginning. So we talked about how Hannah is there at the beginning of this long history of the kingship of Israel. And here we have Mary at the beginning of the New Testament. So what happens? She is this young girl living her day to day life in the ordinary. And suddenly an angel appears to her gives her a call that this child that she's about to, that she's bearing will be from God. And again, her whole world changes. Another way we can connect to these women, right? Uh, A call Mm -hmm. that just carves out the rest of her life. And what do we see, Mary? We see her willing to accept this call. She does so with obedience, with faithfulness. She completely commits at the very moment she's called. And then, Jill, we see her popping up in the life of Jesus at his first miracle. She's there all the way to his death, to his resurrection. And surely when Jesus ascends to heaven, her call is done. There's no more mothering she can do for this child. And yet we see Mary again. We see her at the upper room. And that is incredible to me because it shows that she took the call of the angel and went even beyond, even beyond the life of Jesus and her commitment to to minister, to bring the good news of Jesus to everyone, to help establish the early church. To me, it's an example of lifelong faithfulness, of a lifelong commitment to God's call, and just a dedication day after day to bear Christ. Mm-hmm. And Jill, as you say, we can look at these women and say, how can I relate? And I know for me, when I think of Mary, I picture some of these old images, right? Where she looks so perfect and even has a halo above her. And I used (laughs) to wonder how I can ever connect to the story of Mary. And then I realized what is fundamentally Mary's call to bear Christ? Well, Jill, Mm. what's God's call for you and me and every listener? to bear Christ, right? To bring the words and actions of Christ in all we do to those around us. So although I still think of Mary as just an incredible example, far beyond me of righteousness, I love that I have this connection with her because we both are called to bear Christ every day. And sometimes just to the simple people in our life, like our own children. So true. So true. You know, I was just talking with a friend the other day and she was talking to me about how uh, a couple months ago she had these plans that she had laid out, like what was going to happen for the rest of the summer. And they were plans specifically for her business. She ran a home business and she um, made a decision or she was praying. um, She was praying and she all, she just had this sense that God said, lay it aside. And she was like, lay it aside. I've worked really hard on all of this. And and she just really sensed that he said, lay it aside. And she was like, okay. And she said, Jill, what I've been working on is to obey and to obey even with a, without understanding. And boy, I see that in Mary's life to obey without understanding, right? She had no idea what was happening. And then uh, this friend of mine ended up 
needing extra time to, to do some things for her family over those two months where she laid her business stuff aside. And she could look back and go, oh my gosh, Lord, you knew what was coming and I didn't. That is how we take things like Mary's obedience, learn from it and apply it to our lives. Wouldn't you agree? That's so good. And just what a great example today of faithfulness and being willing to follow God with a simplicity, nothing complicated, not knowing the whole picture, not knowing the whole future, but trusting that we've heard from God and being willing to move forward, committed to God's call for that moment in our life. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, let's turn just a little corner here. And uh, you, let's see, it was about seven years ago. It was in 2014. You and your husband were in a terrible car crash. So let's talk about that a little bit. And let's talk about how God's word helped you as you recovered from that car crash. It's true. I had just finished my doctorate a month before, and I was literally working on a file that I later discovered called Dreams for the Future as we drove home from a family (laughs) event. Like how many people get to that lovely point where you're done everything and it's a new chapter and you can talk about your dreams. It's been the only time in my life and it was very short. So we're coming (laughs) home from this event up north and this highway we're on dwindles down to one way, one lane each way. And we go over a bridge. So you can imagine we're pretty much trapped if anything goes wrong, driving at 70 miles an hour. And sure enough, there's a a gentle bend in the road and the person coming toward us drops his head and we do not know what happened. He did not make the crash, but he plows straight into us. And literally within a second and a half, my Jeep engine was sitting in the driver's seat, crushing my husband. But Jill, God worked in our lives in one way after another to preserve our lives in that moment, in those vital 24 hours, and then to give us purpose and meaning as we moved forward through a very long and hard road to recovery. So it was very challenging, but I thank God that we did survive. And I don't know if you know this, Jill, but my speech was so bad. I couldn't say yes or no without stuttering repeatedly 10, 11 times for two months. So it was two months until I could say one syllable word. And look how far God has brought me to be able to speak under pressure on radio and podcast. So it's an incredible story of God's redemption and God's healing. And really the fact that God can intervene in a moment to change everything for the good in our lives. Hmm. So uh, what in God's word, were there any uh, particular verses or stories in God's word that helped you in the midst of your healing? Yes. When, when we were hit, I incurred a minor brain injury. And you might know that's, you know, a concussion times 100. It's really bad. A major brain injury means a vegetable for life. So minor injury was terrible. And I remember I was in the ICU room and I did not know where I was. I thought I was just in a space with no one around me and nothing. It was very weird. It's almost as if my brain was empty of thoughts. And there was only one line that replayed repaid over and over. It was to live is Christ. That's the only thought I had for a long time. I didn't know if my husband was alive. 
I had a sense he might be because he. I remember that he spoke to me before he was taken away in an ambulance. I didn't know if he would survive, but I knew in that moment that to live as Christ was not only an encouraging spiritual reflection from Paul in the New Testament, but that was as real and physical as could possibly be, that my life was literally being sustained by Christ in that moment. Mm. Wow. You know, I once heard that uh, to memorize scripture, or I would even add to read scripture, is to increase the Holy Spirit's vocabulary in your life. And boy, that's what happened in that moment for you. Like that was in there, right? You had read that, you knew that, And in that moment, the Holy Spirit used that to speak to you. Yeah. And and being an Old Testament scholar in the days that followed, I also thought about the Old Testament a little bit. I remember I had a brain injury, so everything was out of my head. But one (laughs) image I had was a reminder of life during the time, the prophet Jeremiah, and he's speaking at a time when the army's coming. And it's a little bit different than today. There's no skyscrapers in Israel. So when the armies are coming, they can tell from a long ways off, they see the cloud of smoke of sand rising from the marching army. And so they have a horrible sense. Can you imagine seeing the army coming slowly and you know what the next few days will entail? And I felt that was my life. I thought there is something horrible coming. I will make it out of this hospital, but I knew something was very wrong deep down inside of me uh, because it was a brain injury. I still had all kinds of physical injuries, but just the assurance that as God was with Israel, Despite the coming army, God was with me, and somehow the battle belonged to the Lord. And whatever the future held for me in that moment, God would take my life and use it for good. And Jill, I didn't know if I would ever accomplish anything for the Lord again. It was very hard not to be able to do a single thing for the Lord. Getting out of bed was a challenge every day. And yet just that strength to keep going. And I think a lot of us today in the last year and a half have felt those moments. I just don't want to face another day. I feel overwhelmed. I can't do this. But again, relying on God's strength to say, Lord, I can't, but you can. And Jill, there's two senses of strength I believe in the Bible. One is that God strengthens us and we can be strong and courageous. And we've talked a lot about that. But how beautiful, Jill, the other sense of strength that we see in the New Testament is actually strength and weakness. And the weaker we are and the more we can't do it and the more we just doubt ourselves and feel frozen, unable to move forward. That's when God is greatest in our life. Our weakness and our can't moments is when God can work a miracle. So sometimes we can rely on our own strength. And we try to, we try to be the best we can be for sure. But I know that there's many times where I just sit in bed and the King, Lord, I can't do this anymore. How can I do anything? How can I organize my life? Even now I still struggle. And yet those moments I can say, great, that means today I'm going in the Lord's strength and that's even better than my own. (laughs) That is so very true. You are right. And you know, that's really I like to say that's when God works best through the cracks in our lives. You know, that's when his, his light shines through those cracks. And when we recognize our weakness and we recognize, and it gives him the, the, the strength or it gives him the opportunity to work. And, uh, because oftentimes if we're just strong, then it's like, I don't need you, God. 
And we don't, we don't want that. That's not, that's going to be doing things in our own strength. And we, we need to, we need God. And there's such a push so many times in society and culture to run away from anything that is remotely like suffering. And yet when we turn to scripture, we realize that God uses suffering so many times for so much good in our lives. I will speak from my own testimony again as a person who has suffered greatly near death for several days. God not only taught me about his faithfulness on a whole new level and made scripture real in a whole new way for me. But even this summer, I've been able to share my testimony with many millions of people through radio and podcast. And I think of all the people that are encouraged to know they're Mm -hmm. not alone and to be strengthened by my testimony. And that is not a small thing. And God is weaving a testimony in all of our lives and may involve some suffering, but that will make us so much better equipped to impact those who are also suffering. When we feel overwhelmed and can move past it, we can then be an encouragement to so many people around us who are feeling overwhelmed and who need the message of God's faithfulness and to know what the Lord did for us. Whether it's something spectacular, Jill, like God saving my life from death, or whether it's simply God in the day to day helping me to be a mom, helping me to get out of bed every day and face the day with courage. Yes, I agree. I absolutely agree. So, Marina, you have a video series that goes along with your book. It's free, it's a free video series. Uh, Talk just a little bit about the book. Uh, can someone go through it on their own or do they need to go through it in a book or, or in a group? And then where can they find the book and where can they find the video series? Yes, the book is available on Amazon by Marina Hoffman, Women in the Bible, Small Group Bible Study. It's about 13 bucks or so. It's eight lessons, but my friends who have gone through it individually decide to do it in two and three weeks each lesson. because There's a lot of questions. And if you're willing, you can gather a few friends around and have a sense of community and fellowship and go through God's word together. And, you know, um, sometimes it's really hard to resonate with stories in the Bible and to understand what God is saying. So how beautiful when we can sit down with someone just like you and I are doing, Jill, and Mm -hmm. hear from one another and be encouraged and be able to learn from the way God impacts them with his word as well. So I would encourage all your listeners to let's get back to community and fellowship, have a few friends over and they don't need to do anything. The book makes it so easy. Um, An introductory question. We walk through the verses just like I'm there, right there in the room with you. And then great discussion points at the end. And I'll say, Jill, that I am a person that will be very afraid of having a small group. I'm not that type. So with my own self in mind, I created videos so that no one needs to think of what to say or do homework. They can just click the seven minute video available on my website, womeninthebible.info, and the group will just go from there. And some breaking news, Jill, we are just now launching our Spanish video. So I haven't <gasps> even told anyone yet. We did, the videos are done. They're in production. The first one is up on the website as of last night. Oh, how exciting. That's great. Congratulations. And how exciting for the Spanish community to be able to do that. So do you speak Spanish? I don't. And one of my really wonderful friends from Colombia, she did the translation with me. So it's not dubbed or anything, which is kind of annoying. Those videos are more like 11 minutes, but we just sit there right there live and it's a lot of fun. 
Oh, I love that. I love that. Oh, this has been such a good conversation, Marina. Thank you for sharing your story. Thank you for taking us to God's word, helping us to realize that there are so many lessons for us, so many places that we can learn as we look at the lives of the women in the Bible. Would you be willing to pray for our listeners? Um, uh, and, and just really, you know, pray about getting into God's word. I would love to. Thanks. Lord, we thank you so much for your word and that you can encourage us through your word and that you speak to us through our word. And thank you not only for your promises, but for the lives of people who have gone before us to teach us about being a leader, about following you, about having courage and about overcoming. And Lord, these are stories we need for today. So I just pray you encourage all the listeners today to dive deep into these stories of women who can teach us so much about who you you are and your value for us and your love for us. And I pray that every person listening today has been encouraged and can go forward in the rest of their day and their week in the courage of God, knowing that you are with them, Lord, and that you are strengthening them. And whether they're feeling strong or feeling weak, they go in you and the power of your Holy Spirit. We thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right. So um, say that uh, website one more time. Womeninthebible.info. And is that where they can connect with you as well? Yes, they can. And again, the video series is free. I don't even ask for your email and it's not on YouTube. So you won't Google it. It's ad free. Okay. Fabulous. And uh, we'll make sure and also include that in the show notes. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Jill. Thanks for joining me today on the No More Perfect Podcast. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe and follow so that you don't miss any future conversations. We also want you to know that we have three free eBooks for you. You can find them at jillsavage.org slash free. You can also find the show notes and links to anything we talked about over at jillsavage.org slash podcast. See you next week for another not perfect, but very important conversation about the real stuff of life.